Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. There is a new number one, according to the folks at Pro Football Focus, when it comes to QB grades. Who is he and why is he number one? Let's talk about it with our good friend Bruce Gradkowski of Pro Football Focus. We love our journeyman quarterbacks here on Home and Home. Good to see you, Bruce. It's Dave Briggs and Ross morning, Tucker and guys. Bruce. Word has it you had to have dinner with my colleague, Ross Tucker. So my question is, who paid? And did he just say, I'll have page one? Wow. Well, you know what? I paid. I picked it up because Ross is my guy. He did offer a lot. He he really wanted to pay for the bill because he knew this would come back to him. Uh, but he ordered about five meals, like always, you know, like five appetizers, two main courses. I think he had like six to ten beers, IPAs. So, uh, and then and then he he just got up. And he said, "Hey, man, I got to go prepare for this game. I appreciate the dinner." <laughs> all right, all right, sounds about right. Everything everything about that is false. Okay, so a little bit of background. This is the third time I've had dinner with Bruce at his delicious social gastropub in Northwest Ohio between Toledo and Bowling Green. Anybody listening or watching from there, you have to go. It's delicious. So we met there. The first two times, though, Dave, were at his restaurant, and he paid. So I said, look, I don't care where we go this time. I don't care if we go to your place again. I am buying, like I am buying this time. So we love his place. We went to his place. They have great IPAs. I did have a few IPAs. They were delicious. <laughs> He's the one that ordered like four appetizers. I didn't need all those appetizers. All I needed was the fish tacos. So good. I tell him 20 times I'm paying. I ask for the check. She brings the check to me. I look at it. It says one cent. One cent is what it said so that I could give her a tip. He promised he would let me pay. So that's on him. I was going to pay this time. I will say, though, you have to go out there. It's amazing. But, Bruce, what is up with Toledo, man? How about Bowling Green? That was crazy. I know. I, I couldn't believe they dropped that one. But Ross did offer to pay. But look, Ross, I have to take care of my old linemen. So that's why I order there five to go. six appetizers because I know how you guys like to eat or used to eat. Now you're skinny, you know, you know, dropped 100 pounds or so. Uh, you're looking too frail to me. I think your guys, your picture's so cute. You two in the suits, the home and home, <laughs> like – that I had to stare at before I came in, and I was just like, "Wow, that's that's pretty cute. These guys are they're cute together." We hate that. So, so here's the point I wanted to make before I hand it back over to Dave. At dinner, I said to you, "Who's the quarterback that's playing better than people realize?" 
And I was going to tweet this the other night, but I didn't know if I had permission from you or not. And you said you Matthew Stafford. And I want you to expand upon that a little bit. Yeah. No, Matthew Stafford is, man. He's balling. I mean, he's just – he's playing aggressive. He He's one of those guys that has the arm talent. It's just unbelievable, that next-level type arm talent, but he's playing with the confidence. And we saw it the other night, man. If they don't struggle in the red zone, they run away with that game. And, you know, unfortunately, too, with the refs and all that, that's a whole nother story. But I think Matthew Stafford's just doing such a good job. He has a ton of big-time throws. Uh, and he's making those plays. They should have beat the Chiefs if it wasn't for his costly red zone turnovers. And once again, talking about the red zone. The other night against Green Bay, they had to settle for field goals. And then just, uh, you know, against the Chiefs, you have those cost, costly uh, turnovers in the red zone. Those cost you football games against good teams. But I think Matthew Stafford is one of the guys that I watched uh, week in and week out so far. That man, every game I watch, he's dropping some dimes and doing a good job. Yeah, but you just mentioned the central knock on him. He's not getting that yeah. signature win. He's not getting it done in the red zone. He didn't throw for a touchdown the other night against Green Bay, and if he does it, they win the football game. He feels like a guy who just constantly racks up big yards but doesn't come through in the big spot. How does that not play into your grade? Well, no, you're right. I, I mean, in our grade, though, is based on, you know, Matthew Stafford and how he's producing out there. You know, if if he's hitting the throws he should, if he's making those plays, if he's missing opportunities downfield, that'll show on his grade. Um, a lot of times, too, some of those red zone uh, bluffs that they had and not being able to score touchdowns, you know, it's not always on him. I, I look around the league, too, when there's a lot of heat on Baker Mayfield right now. Um, of course, he's not pulling his weight, but also you have to look at the offense as a whole. And a lot of times, too, is miscommunication on routes, protection issues that you're trying to deal with. And look, defenses, you know, they're, 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 they're disguising as well, and they're making these guys think too much. And that makes them late, especially for a young guy like uh, Baker Mayfield. I see Stafford's playing pretty, uh, pretty decisive. Uh, but you're right. I mean, he's not at the end of the day as a quarterback, you're judged on wins and especially big wins. And Matthew Stafford has yet to take the Lions uh, over the hump. So here's a question, Bruce, that I know the answer to because I asked you this Thursday night. But I think it's really important for Dave and for all of our listeners and viewers to understand. I think it's interesting if you can explain the grading system because as an offensive lineman, you really just kind of got a plus or a minus. And if you if you did your assignment, you got a plus. If you didn't get your assignment done, you got a minus. Every once in a while, maybe if you did something spectacular, you got a double plus. How do you separate Tom Brady, who does what he's supposed to do, nice throw, accurate to the guys, versus some of the crazy stuff you see from Mahomes or Russell Wilson or Deshaun Watson or whatever? Yeah, I mean, and without getting, you know, too detailed, there's there's our grading is in tiers. It's in levels. Um, so every throw is not graded the same. And if you got have guys, you know, hitting a bunch of check downs or easy throws, throws they should make, they're not probably getting a positive grade on those, but they're getting positive grades on, on throws that they're hitting downfield that, you know, are for key first downs in tight windows. And then those throws are based on 
you know, how deep it is, how much deeper the next one is or how accurate it is. So there's a lot that goes into it. And it, it also goes down the negative way as well. So, we, you know, we're grading every player, every game, uh, you know, every single throw. So everything is taken into account. And also, too, you know, now looking into more of their pocket presence and if the sacks are falling on the quarterbacks or not. Um, and you know how it is, Ross. It's not always uh, to blame the offensive line. Quarterbacks play a big play on it. Were they hot on that situation? Are they holding the ball too long? Should they have stepped up in the pocket and helped the right tackle and left tackle out by getting up in that pocket where the wall is, where a quarterback, that's his home? Um, so it, it's really cool. The thing I'll say, man, is Pro Football Focus has a ton of guys that just love to grind and watch the film, break it down all over the place, the whole company. And it's really cool to see that because they put a lot of time and effort to trying to get these grades as accurate as they can. And look, no one's ever going to be perfect. But Ross, you and I have been in those meeting rooms. We see how they grade. It's just a plus and minus scale. We're deeper than that. And we look you know, deeper at every single player and position. Uh, so that's what makes us pretty unique. And check them out. It's just 10 bucks a month, 40 bucks a year, pff.com. Talking to Bruce Gradkowski. You remember him, longtime uh, quarterback in the NFL and now analyst for PFF. Russell Wilson, you grade as number one. It was close. What separates him from the pack? You know, Russell Wilson, man, he just, I'll tell you what, he's not putting the ball into harm's way. He, you know, you look at him as a guy that can extend plays, make the big time throws downfield. But he just does not have a lot of turnover-worthy plays. So when you see guys like Patrick Mahomes, um, Kyle Allen right now, Gardner Minshew, their grades would be better if they didn't have some you know, fumbles in the pocket or even costly almost interceptions that was a no play because of a penalty on the other side of the field. I mean, everything goes into, goes into this. We don't you know, let a guy escape a bad decision – because there was a holding penalty on the other side of the field that had nothing to do with that decision and that interception he threw that you know got called back because of you know a penalty that didn't matter. So, but I think with Russell Wilson, his 20 plus th- uh, yard throws downfield, he just on money. The uh, his play action pass game, they do a phenomenal job in that area. But the thing with Russell as a whole, man, he can extend plays. He makes plays with his feet, key situations, tight red zone. Boom, he's running right up the middle for the touchdown. He's just really doing it all. But I think the main point, too, as he's doing it all, he's he's really limiting those turnover-worthy plays. And the ball is not ever in harm's way when I watch this guy play. It's just a clean football game. And there's some guys I love grading, some guys I hate. And Russell Wilson's a guy I love grading. So, who are some of the guys you hate, Greg? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, that's a, that's a great question because going through it the other day, you sometimes you can't pinpoint. Um, I'm trying to think who it was that I specifically uh, texted someone about. But sometimes it's like um, the Lamar Jackson throws, you know, that are uh, in tight windows. Or, um, gosh, who was it the other day that I was uh, – texting someone about that I just it's just oh Marcus Mariota it's just never clean with him right 
And sometimes to me, I'm like, what is he even looking at downfield? I don't know if he's going through his progression, if he's looking at the, the rush up front so he doesn't get sacked, but he's taking the sack. He holds the ball in the pocket too long. It's just, you know, and look, at times, yes, that offense line in Tennessee has to do a better job protecting their bliss pickup, all that. But there's times, too, where I'm like, look, for how athletic Marcus Mariota is, he can avoid these sacks by either scrambling outside the pocket, extending the play, or throwing the ball away when your read isn't there. And he's a guy that it's just cloudy, man, because a lot of time, too, you're like, oh, why do he throw that? Or why was that there? Why do he take that sack? It was just he had enough time, and it's just, it's just not clean. So I want to get back, Bruce. You mentioned Lamar Jackson. Uh, you played double-digit years in the NFL as a quarterback. So I guess it's a two-part question. Number one is, what do you think of him in terms of as a thrower and in the passing game? And number two, I know you you know started some games and had some injuries. Do you think he can make it all year with this many runs? Well, I think they're doing a great job in Baltimore uh, to to build that offense around Lamar Jackson. They understand the type of football team they need to be. They have to be good on, on defense. They have to be good on special teams. You know, they have to run the football. And if they do those three things, now it opens up the game for Lamar Jackson to do what he's naturally gifted to do. Um, and, and the thing with Lamar Jackson, I, I just – I like how their offense has been. You see he's been humbled as of, you know, lately. I think teams understand they have to try to stop the run and they're going to they're going to give him the one-on-one chances outside to make those tight window throws. And the game like, you know, that he played against the Dolphins, he's hitting those throws downfield. But then again, when he's playing, you know, the Steelers or some, another game this year, he was just not hitting those throws downfield like the Chiefs. He was not hitting those one-on-one matchups or those shots downfield that the defense was giving him. So with him, that's why you'll see it sporadic week in and week out. Now, this past week, he ran the ball great. You know, that team played a good game. Now they trade for Marcus Peters. So they're going to have a good defense, a better defense, and continue to build that way. And Lamar Jackson, that offense, he he's going to, you know, you know, splatter in his splash plays. I think the best place for Lamar Jackson comes when he actually drops back to pass, and that's when the running lanes open up. You know, and you see with Kyler Murray, end of, end of the game, end of the half, end of the game, uh, those two-minute situations, defenses have to play the pass. Well, now all of a sudden, boom, those quarterback runs gash a defense, and Kyler Murray has done it a few times, especially against the Bengals, to get into field goal range and end the game. So... Uh, those athletic quarterbacks that can throw and run, they're, they're very dynamic and hard to defend at times. Talking to former NFL QB Bruce Gradkowski. Check him out, pff.com, just 10 bucks a month, 40 bucks a year. You mentioned athletic quarterbacks out of Oklahoma like Kyler Murray. Well, that is not the case with Baker Mayfield right now. Yes, athletic, but I was certain when you said, guys, you hate evaluating, it would be <laughs> Baker. 11, 11 interceptions in six games, 25 picks now in 20 career games. And Ryan Leaf yesterday, not a compliment, said he reminds me of me, one of the biggest busts in NFL history. How does he get it right, and what is going wrong with Baker? Well, you're exactly right. 
You're exactly right about Graydon Baker. It, it has been ugly lately this year uh, because things aren't good around him either, and he's not always making the best decisions. The thing I see a lot of is it just sticks out in my mind. There's one play uh, the Browns had <clears throat> um, against the Niners. They motioned in Demetrius Harris, their tight end, to block Bosa, a one-on-one block, a tight end versus DN. Number one, that's a bad matchup for the offense. Number two, they have double posts outside. Antonio Callaway, he's running a post. You have to cross the cornerback's face and protect the throw. He does not cross Richard Sherman's face. And number three, Baker Mayfield gets antsy in the pocket because he has pressure from Bosa. So he slides to his right, throws it off his back foot. Uh, Antonio Callaway never crosses Richard Sherman's face. It gets intercepted. And that play sums up the Browns because you have protection issues. You have Baker Mayfield, you know, uh, trying to buy time and just heaving it up there. And then you have a, a receiver not protecting the throw and running the correct route and crossing the face. And I've seen that multiple times, not all in the same play, but this one was all in the same play. I've seen it from OBJ. I've seen it from, uh, you know, other guys. that. And then you have these, you know, interceptions in the red zone, the turnovers that, you know, Antonio Callaway, once again, it's a back hip throw. So Baker Mayfield could be more accurate with the throw, but then it gets tipped up and unfortunately gets intercepted. So now you're seeing the bad luck the Browns just have with them right now. You know, so it's a mix of making poor decisions. It's a mix of schematics. And then, honestly, the ball sometimes is just not falling in their direction and it's turning into turnovers. But, you know, I'll tell you what, like Mayfield, when he feels pressure, when he gets pressure, he tends to scramble out to his right. As smaller quarterbacks, like I was myself, we're not all as big as Ross, um, that pocket collapses on you fast. And when you don't have a window to throw, you tend to your, – your first instinct is to scramble, to get out of the pocket so you can see. So watch when you see a Kyler Murray, a Baker Mayfield, Russell Wilson, he does it, but he, he makes something out of it. When you can't see or have a window to throw, quarterbacks scramble out of the pocket even if it's a clean pocket. So, you know, it's interesting, Bruce. You know I do a lot of stuff in Philadelphia – I think people are generally happy with how Carson Wentz has played, maybe looking for a little bit more from him. It's surprising, though, uh, to see you guys have him number two at, right behind Russell Wilson. Do you really feel like Carson Wentz is playing that well? Carson Wentz is playing well. Look, you have to understand, too, at the beginning of the year, he led the NFL and dropped passes by his receivers. I mean, there at one point, there's like 200 yards left on, on the field of drop passes so look we're grading that you know we're not going to downgrade Carson Wentz for a throw that hits a receiver right in the face mask with no one around him that he should catch I mean as a quarterback you're making the right decision you made the accurate throw it should have been complete he dropped the ball uh just like you would in a, in a team meeting room you, you know if I was a quarterback coach you'd say hey look you know good throw right there um of course we we have to catch that ball but you know you just got to move on to the next play. And that's what Carson Wentz does. But Carson Wentz, he's also so dynamic in the pocket. I mean, the 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 last week, ducking under a defender and still delivering a strike downfield. So that's what he brings to you. And it's, uh, you know, he's a fun guy to watch. 
and, and he'll continue to get better throughout this season as well. But he's a guy in the heat of the moment. I feel like he always comes through. All right, so then here's the next question. They play the Cowboys Sunday night. It's a huge game. NFC East supremacy on the line. What do, what do you see when you watch Dak? Because earlier in the year, it was like MVP candidate. Now people are questioning him. What's the truth? Well, I think Dak is still making some of his good plays. I think last week they just couldn't get in a, into a rhythm. Um, you see him sporadically making <clears throat> really good plays downfield the last few weeks. But when you start playing better teams, and <clears throat> it wasn't the case versus the Jets, but you know you have to be better on third down. You have to be better in the red zone. It's situational football. And now all of a sudden, these plays that you were hitting at the beginning of the year, now these windows become tighter. Now I've seen a little inaccuracies from him the last few weeks, especially against Green Bay. Throws he should make or he has to hit in key situations. Also, like we're talking about Mayfield in that Green Bay game for Dak, you know, it's tipped, you know, passes that turn into interceptions. Uh, there was a few Dak got away with that hit defenders right in the hands. They should have intercepted and they didn't. So I think with Dak is really, you know, reeling it back in, continue to make smart decisions, but also understanding situational football like a Matthew Stafford, Dak Prescott, you know, those guys, I want to say are similar in a sense of can you win the big games? Can you come through in the clutch? We have to see it more. Tons of nuggets like that. PFF.com, 10 bucks a month, 40 bucks a year. Check out Bruce Gradkowski at BGradkowski5 on Twitter. Good to have you, my friend. Make Tucker buy you dinner next time and maybe a few less beers, huh? Well, when he buys, we're going to the most expensive steakhouse I can find, that's for sure. So, but hey, Ross is my guy. You know, you know, next time, next time, next time. There's not a lot of people that come visit me in Toledo, so I kind of get excited when someone wants to go to dinner. <laughs> Sign me up. Bruce, we appreciate the time. Thank you. Yeah, thanks, guys. Have a good one. All right, Ross mentioned there Dak Prescott. After a real quick word, we're going to talk about Jason Garrett. Dak's head coach, Jerry Jones, weighing in on the future of Jason Garrett. Could they soon be in the market for a new head coach, Ross? Well, it's been all year. It's been the hot seat for Jason Garrett. And if they don't go to the playoffs this year and go far in the playoffs, I think they're going to be looking for a new coach. And it'll be an extensive search. They'll probably waste a lot of money they wouldn't have to waste if they just went to ZipRecruiter. Because ZipRecruiter doesn't depend on candidates finding you. It finds them for you. Its technology identifies people with the right experience and invites them to apply to your job. So you get qualified candidates fast. Dylan, my buddy from the Cafe Altura, posted his job on ZipRecruiter. Said he was impressed by how quickly he had great candidates apply. He also used ZipRecruiter's candidate rating feature to filter his applicants so he could focus on the most relevant ones. That's how my buddy Dylan Miskowitz found his new director of coffee in just a few days. With results like that, it's no wonder Four out of five employers who post on ZipRecruiter get a quality candidate within the first day. See why ZipRecruiter is effective for businesses of all sizes. Try ZipRecruiter for free at ZipRecruiter.com enter. 
That ZipRecruiter.com slash E-N-T-E-R. ZipRecruiter.com slash enter. ZipRecruiter, the smartest way to hire. Could the Dallas Cowboys be hiring a new head coach next season? Some feel that is indeed the case. They let Jason Garrett arrive here in the final year of his deal. They're making him earn a new contract. After a 3-0 start, they are now 3-3 and face a huge matchup, the matchup of the week. 3-3 Cowboys, 3-3 Eagles. And with that in mind, the owner, Jerry Jones, talked to our friends at 105.3 The Fan about the future of Jason Garrett. Is his head coach on the hot seat? I have felt that uh, we've got a lot invested in in Jason Garrett. He's uh, had a lot of years that uh, he's been a part of the Cowboys, and uh, he's evolved into what I think is uh, a top coach. Uh, He would be a very sought-after coach if he were out here in the open market. Uh, So there's a lot of pluses there. He brings a lot to the table, and uh, I can genuinely say that that is not a thought that I'm having, so it would be unfair to our fans to, for me to have any indication about what I may think the future is as far as a head coach. Everybody's aware that uh, uh, we're on the last year of his agreement, uh, but uh, that uh, really uh, just means that we can all sit down and take a look at things at the end of the year. Uh, that was the case when he had won the first three ball games. And still the case today after losing the last three. Jerry Jones on 105.3 The Fan on Jason Garrett's future. Doesn't matter what he says. In this case, letting him enter the final year of his contract said everything and it's all on the line this weekend. Let me explain. Three and three. You lose to the Eagles, you go to three and four. It would be hard-pressed to find even six more wins the rest of the way. Here's the schedule. They've got the Giants. Sure, they win that after a bye. But they've still got Minnesota, Detroit, New England, Buffalo, Chicago, Rams, Philly before they close against Washington. They have to win this week or Jason Garrett will at some point be out of a job over the course of the next year. They won't fire him midseason. They're going to let him finish. But you have to beat Philly just to be able to get close to the nine wins they're going to need, Ross. Well, it's a good point, Dave, because they've already faced the easiest part of their schedule, and now it gets tougher. The Eagles have faced a tougher schedule. Theirs gets easier at the end. It's a gigantic game for both teams. Eagles head coach Doug Peterson has said we're going to win. The Cowboys know they need to win. They might have to do it without both offensive tackles, without Amari Cooper, Might be the first time all year the Eagles have been healthier than the team they're playing for. It's going to be an awesome, awesome game on Sunday night. And I think you're right. You know, what was looking like Jerry, uh, Jason Garrett might end up getting a huge deal from the Cowboys and Dak Prescott. It's amazing how much is on the line for this Cowboys team. And you wonder, I've seen some people say there's just too many distractions of having a coach in the last year of his deal, having a quarterback in the last year of his deal. And that's not does not behoove success. 
That is an enormous matchup in Dallas if they're without Tyron Smith, Lyle Collins, and in particular Amari Cooper. I don't see him winning this game, which will at some point spell the end of Jason Garrett's time there. I don't know if he's going to be a hot commodity in the job market. I'm just not seeing that. Uh, we'll talk about that more tomorrow, previewing that game. Also, free money Thursday. Brad Evans on fantasy. Nick Costos on where your bets should go this weekend, as well as a preview of Kansas City and Denver. What a matchup that should be come Thursday night. That'll do it for a hump day. Home and home. Have a great day. We'll see you tomorrow. Ross and Dave, you got to show America what it's like to be an amazing sports journalist. You got to show them what it's like to be to have your job. You got to do the best news anchor of your life because if you do that, then you will have the recommendation that you always wanted. But no pressure, but you can do it because I believe in you. I believe in so much and if you put your mind to it, you can do it. So go out there and try. Just try. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge apply. Ctmobile.com.